0: This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Take your Bibles this morning to the book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy, chapter number 6, is going to be our place of jumping into this sermon today. I'm I'm starting a, a new series. Man, I'm going to have a selfish moment, everybody. I had a blast preaching in September. September was so much fun. That, that series, Inquiring Minds Want to Know, was so much fun to teach and preach. But it's time that we shift gears and we're heading into October uh, series today. And I want you to look in 1 Timothy 6. Let me kind of set this up. This series was actually uh, created out of a phrase that is very common that, that you've said, and, and I know I've said it a few times. The most recent time I caught myself saying this was, uh, I'm a, I like to play golf, and I, I even, I'm such a golfer, I like to watch golf. There's people that play golf, and then there's people that sleep when golf is on. I actually stay awake and watch it. I like it. But uh, there was a, a, a young golfer named Rory McIlroy a few weeks ago that, that really hit it big. He won a local uh, a weekly rather a weekly golf tournament and he won 1.5 million dollars for that one tournament. But what you need to know too is not only did he make one one and a half million dollars that day, he won what is called the playoffs for the year. So he got an extra bonus. You ready for this? 10 million dollars bonus. 11 and a half million in one day. I'd, I'd probably have to slow down, but I could live on that if I made myself. <laughs> it was a, I think I could stretch and make it work. <laughs> uh, but I found myself making this statement when Rory won 11 and dollars in that one day. I said to myself out loud, and I said, he is set for life. And honest to goodness, over the next few days of that, it hit me, there is a critical problem because most of us in this room are all all guilty of this. We've made the mistake of getting our eyes off of what it really means to be set for life, and we've gotten our minds fixed on something that, that really doesn't set you up for good. It doesn't set you up for life. So today, I'm starting this series. I, I'm gonna do my best to be in the pulpit as much as possible this month. But of course, there's Mission Sunday and there's, and there's a few things that we're working through in the month of October. But I wanna preach to you, starting this month off, set for life. And I tossed out to Pastor Dustin Watts. I said, give me an image that just kind of, that resonates with that idea. And of course, we've got this beautiful home. We've got this great looking boat and then this beautiful car. And there's not one person in the room that's never driven down the road and saw a certain car or for me, a certain truck. Uh, (laughs) You can have your sports cars, man. I just want a new truck. I like trucks. But there's boats and then there's homes. For some of you, I know we have a church full of men and women that enjoy flying. Some of you have your minds fixed on a plane or property. You name it. All of us have thought, if I could just get that, whatever your that is, new golf clubs. I'm I'm feeling like preaching this morning. New (laughs) golf club. All of us have that something that we want, right? Well, what my job is today, what I'm wanting to do today for us is to get us back, get us back on track Because none of these things will set you for life. Now, I want to be real clear. There's not one thing in Scripture that says you can't have some stuff. When it comes to these type of sermons, pretty much no one wants to be in the middle of balance. Most people want to be extreme on either side. There's some that says, you, if you're going to live for God, you have to be miserable, broke, and make everybody in your life miserable and broke. But then there's some also some other goofy things in Christianity that says, if you're going to be a Christian, you need to live like nobody else. And, and it's this, this, this idea that everyone that loves God's going to be the wealthiest people on the Well, that's kind of goofy, too. Today, I want to show you a good, middle-of-the-road, balanced approach to being happy in this life. But knowing that if you want to be set, you want to be set for eternal life. Because that's really what matters most. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right. To the Bible. Let's get started. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And let's look at verse number 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. I heard a country preacher uh, I heard a country preacher years ago say, "I've never seen a U-haul behind a hearse." <laughs> you brought nothing with you into this world, and you can't carry anything out. Having food and raiment, let us be there with content, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Verse number 10 oftentimes is misquoted and it's unfortunate because I, I, I don't think it's by, I don't think it's ever on purpose. I think it's just accidental. So I really want you to pay close attention to verse number 10. It's the love of money. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Today's subtopic, this morning's particular message, is the misery of more. The misery of more. Now, let me tell you what this sermon will not be because it's real critical that you get this right now or some of you will check out and you'll, you'll, you'll not listen. This sermon is not gonna help you get out of debt. This sermon's not gonna help you manage your money because this church believes that financial stewardship is a process. That's why we have a small group for that. That's why we give resources away concerning financial stewardship. We believe in living free from bondage of debt, but we also know it doesn't happen overnight. You can get yourself in trouble financially overnight, but you can't get yourself out of trouble financially overnight. So uh, we encourage you, if you're, if you're in a situation here um, and you need help in your financial management. We, we offer our Financial Peace University here at Calvary Church. And we have groups of people that would love to help you with no strings attached. I mean, it's not like we're, we're, there's no fee for, for, for you to have conversations with people that would genuinely love for you to get ahead. Uh, now, there's some materials that come along with that. And we would love to help you in that area. But what this sermon is... What this sermon is, is this. Just in the next few minutes, I believe with my whole heart, if you'll open up your ears and your heart to the word of God, I believe with my entire uh, calling of ministry, I believe that you could be set free from the misery of more. And you believing uh, in this false presentation of how to be set for life. Listen to some of these crazy statistics today. In the United States of America, there is currently a credit card debt of $712 billion. 44% of Americans think that the absolute, hands-down, most challenging conversation to have is one about money. 88% of couples blame that their tension in their marriage is about money. 70% 70% this, in this service that I'm in right now, this will, this will probably get a big amen or a Baptist nod or a Methodist nod, something. <laughs> 70% of college graduates have student loan debt. 25% of them are in default. And 59% of them have absolutely no idea when or how that they're ever going to pay it off. 62% of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings. And here's the mind-blowing statistic. 50% of Americans cannot cover a $400 emergency expense. How did this happen? Didn't happen overnight. Let me give you a little rhythm. Let me give you a little A little little a little rhythm here to the madness. Freedom. You and I are the most blessed people on earth. We live in America. We're the land of the free. Everyone say freedom. Freedom brings, it produces prosperity. The reason America is the model of models and the reason that you and I should count our blessings to be Americans every single day, the reason it should upset you that people protest the freedoms in America is because freedom produces prosperity. But prosperity unmanaged produces bondage. You've heard it said this way: he, 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 just couldn't handle prosperity. She, she couldn't handle prosperity. Well, we need to drop the he and the she, and we need to say we. We obviously have not been able to handle prosperity in America because it is a fact: freedom has brought prosperity upon this country, but in our ignorance and in our selfishness and in our our selfish desires, we now have let prosperity produce bondage. We're not the land of the free. We are the land of debt, and we are in debt financially as a country, and the numbers are true. There's 712 billion, and matter of fact, That was two weeks ago. There's no telling what it is now. 700 and something billion dollars worth of credit card debt in America. And it happens because of this. Everybody listen. It happens because we're not content with being blessed. We want more. More, 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 more. And it's almost like I'm wanting to ask My family, as I ask yours, when is enough enough? Because we have so many more blessings than our global relationships and friends. But look at us now. It got the best of us. It may not be a good point to say amen because you feel really weird right now. But someone say amen. That's one of those amens where you want to say amen, but you know you really can't because you know I'm talking to you. (laughs) Amen. There's a misery of more, man. Take your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter number five. Verses 10 through 20 is gonna change your life if you'll open up and receive the word of the Lord. Here we find the misery of more. I'm reading from the NLT, verses 10 through 20. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. So what good is wealth except perhaps it watch, except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers? Listen to verse 12. People who work hard sleep well, whether they eat little or much. But the rich seldom get a good night's sleep. There's another serious problem I've seen under the sun. The wise man says, hoarding riches harms the saver. Money is put into risky investments that turn sour. And everything is lost. In the end, there's nothing left to pass on to one's children. We all come to the end of our lives as naked and as empty-handed as on the day we were born. We can't take our riches with us. And this, too, is a very serious problem. People leave this world no better off than when they came. All their hard work is for nothing, like working for the wind. Throughout their lives, they live under a cloud, frustrated, discouraged, and angry. Do not raise your hand but you just might be, or you just might be in a relationship with someone. You might be the children of someone. You might be the parent of someone that lives under this cloud and your loved one or possibly yourself lives a frustrated life, a discouraged life, an angry life. Verse 18, even so I've noticed one thing at least that is good. Everyone say, tell me something good. Tell me something. It is good for people to eat, drink, and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life that God has given them. It is good for them to accept their lot in life. Verse 19, and it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health. To enjoy it. Now, this next statement in verse 19 might just be, well, it's just mind-blowing good. To enjoy your work and accept your lot in life, this is indeed a gift from God. To enjoy your work... And accept your lot in life is indeed a gift from God. If you're just ready, if you're just excited to wake up in the morning and go to work, say amen. I I felt my TV preacher voice coming on, but I didn't get that audience. Y'all didn't see the light say clap. The light said shout. Because this this is the sermon. The Bible says, enjoy your work. Enjoy your work and accept your lot in life. That's a gift from God. God keeps such people, such people. What people? people that work, people that enjoy the fact they're healthy enough to work, and people that accept their lot in life, people that recognize it's a gift from God, those type of people, such people, God keeps them busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. Wow. What a word. If you're looking... <laughs> To advance, if you're looking for sleep, I shouldn't be saying that on this Sunday after all y'all ladies been at that retreat. Some people say, praise God, he said I could do it. Y'all wake me up when it's over. If you're looking for rest, how about that? If you're looking for rest, if you're looking for joy, if you're looking for contentment, be thankful for health to work, accept what God's done in your life. In other words, get your eyes off the Joneses. No offense if you're Jones. Get your eyes off the Joneses. Accept your lot in life. It's a gift from God. And if you'll wake up every day making the most of this life, you won't live in yesterday critical, bitter, negative, upset, angry, discouraged, disappointed, miserable, because you haven't gotten your more, you'll be content, content in life. So right here in scripture, let me give you a few things that are the more, okay? We're going to have a little fun with this. It's in your, it's in your sermon notes. Those are available on your church app, Calvary FTW. Open up that app. Look at the sermon notes. Here we go. The misery of more. What is it? Number one, the more I have, the more I want. Even with ice cream. The more I have, the more I want. Sir, did you want that small, medium, or large? Large. (laughs) Are you sure? Absolutely, I'm large, so I need it large. (laughs) Two larges make extra large. (laughs) Here we go. Here's the sermon. The danger and the misery of more starts right here right now. The more I have, if I'm constantly looking for this, for the wrong reasons of that, I'll never have enough. The more I want it, the more I'll get it, which snowballs into the more I want it. Sir Fred Catherwood said, greed, everyone say greed, Greed. is the logical, not faith, not spiritual, it's the logical, meaning we're gonna take God and set him on the shelf, Greed is the logical result of the belief that there is no life after death. So we grab what we can while we can, however we can, and then we hold on to it because we think that this is all there is. So we got to get into survival mode and we've got to store it up, hoard it up. We have greed in our hearts. I felt that this was a pretty cool little illustration. So I put it right into this sermon. This is pretty neat. Leo Toy Story wrote a story about a peasant farmer that was given this incredible offer. This little poor farmer was given this offer. You could buy as much land as your feet can walk on for $1,000. Really? But here's the catch. You got to start walking when the sun comes up and you got to walk and get back to the original place when the sun goes down. I can do that. So when the sun came up, the peasant farmer started walking. He got one acre under his belt, two. And then he started seeing the sun almost straight up. So he started running. He gets a third acre, a fourth acre, a fifth acre. And he's thinking, man, I am am just accumulating wealth by property. And the sun started going down. He thought, I've got to get back to the original starting point. He realized, I've drifted so far, I don't know if it's possible. But to make sure that he got his land, he pushed his body, he pushed his body, and the sun was about to fall, and he got right to the finish line, and he dives across just weary and beaten and exhausted to just a few moments later, the peasant farmer died he finished the line, he got the land, but he died. And they dug his grave, about six foot by three foot, and the title of Leo Tolstoy's story was, how much land does a man need? Get it down in your heart today. You could kill yourself emotionally, spiritually, God forbid there's been some that have killed themselves physically by the act of greed down deep in their life. Because it's true, the more you want, or the more you get rather, is the more you want. And it can be a cancer. Number two, the more I have, the less I'm satisfied Number one was, the more I have, the more I want. Number two is, the more I have, the less I'm satisfied. Number three, the more I have, the more others want it. Don't you dare turn this political. The more I have, the more others want it. 70% of all lottery winners go bankrupt. I'd love to try my hand at being a part of the 30 Some of y'all, right when I said it, said, I wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't go bankrupt. Just give me a chance and I'll prove it. Yeah. I just need a chance. You know why 70% of them go bankrupt? Because they were playing the lottery in the first hand. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm from Boygaw Parish and I get that. <laughs> yeah. You don't become a financial wizard when you win the lottery. You weren't before you played. (laughs) Man, that's good preaching. You know why they go bankrupt? Because overnight they have friends they never knew. They have cousins that they never have heard about. Cousins showing up from West Africa. Singapore. I'm your cousin. Really? Help me spend, let me help you spend your money. You ever notice how these pro athletes get that big contract and overnight they got an entourage. Athletes have teams. No, they're supposed to play on a team, not have a team. But as soon as somebody finds out they got some money, people want to help you spend it. Fourthly, the more I have The more I realize that it doesn't meet my needs. There was a study done by the Gates Foundation. It portrays the ultra rich as lost souls burdened oh, it's a strong word burdened by fears, worries, and family distortions of too much money. More does not equal good night's sleep, less stress and healthy families and last but not least the more i have found in ecclesiastes the more i have the more i have to worry about more things to repair more things to paint more things to store most people that lose ourselves financially They bought big pieces of property and nobody told them that you had to pay taxes on it. They buy big fancy cars and nobody told them that you got to insure it. They invest in things that are a sure bet. Run. There's no such thing. Worry. When you don't have much, you don't have much to worry about. But we all have this desire for more. And then when we get the more, the more we worry about it. Buying a fancy car, but you only use it on weekends. You get my picture? So let's turn the corner in this sermon. Did I, was it this service I told you I was going to preach 20 minutes last week? I repent. I didn't know if it was the first service because I only preached 10 minutes this morning in the first service. We've all been to Cracker Barrel and back. Sorry. Let's turn the corner in this sermon, all right? Here we go. If there's a misery in the more, how do I dodge it? How do I avoid it? How do I, it's like I prayed opening this service. The spirit of God in me, God in me, How then can I avoid this misery of more and how can I get set for life? If that car is not setting me for life, if that boat and that house is not setting me for life, then preacher, tell me, what's going to set me for life? To the book of Psalms, chapter number 62, reading from the message, verse number five, God, the one and only I'll wait on him as long as he says. Why? Because everything I hope for comes from him. So why not wait? Everyone say, be be patient. Let me tell you what goes with this spirit of more. When you got the more in you, when you want more, you also are probably gonna lack patience. And with God, what he's wanting to do in your life is not just do something in one day. He's wanting to do it over a lifetime. He wants to set you for life because you can blow 11 and a half million, that transmission's gonna slip in that car. That boat, running without a plug and see how it floats. Life, life goes down. But what God is saying, he's saying, be patient. Let me do something for you that's gonna set you for life. Verse number seven, my help and glory are in God. Grant it, strength and safe harbor, God. So trust him absolutely, people. It's like David's preaching in 2016. Trust in the Lord, people. Yes. Lay your lives on the line for him. I love how it says it in the message. God is a safe place to be. Yes. Yes. Amen. We could use another word. We could take out safe. God is the only security that you can have. Man as such as smoke, women as such as a mirage. In other words, life is is here and gone. Put them together, they're nothing. Two times nothing is nothing. Verse number 10, if you were to win the lottery, if you were to sell the contract, if you were to hit it big, if you were to make the mistake of think that you're set for life in this world, the Bible says, and a windfall, if it comes, don't make too much of it. God said this once and for all. How many times have I heard it repeated? Strength. Come straight from God. Love to you, Lord God. And I love how it, how it wraps verse 12 up. You pay a fair wage for a good day's work. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't care how you go about your Bible. From cover to cover, it comes back down to this. If you're going to be blessed in this life, you got to work. And I know I preach about it a lot. I'm going to keep preaching about it a lot. Because we got a bunch of young people in this church. We got a whole bunch of kids graduating in this church. Life's not free. The hand of God can be on your life as you work and go make the best life you can have. Just keep God at the top. Keep God at the top. Everybody say set. If you want to be set for life, let me give you these few things and then we're going to go home. Set your heart, set your heart on giving, not getting. If you want to be set for life, what does that mean, Pastor Tommy? Set for life, eternal life. You need to set your heart while here on this earth for more giving than getting. Acts chapter 20, verse 35, you'll most likely not go wrong if you'll keep remembering that our master said this, you're far happier giving than getting. Second Corinthians in the NIV, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous. Everyone say generous. And every occasion, we all have that person in our lives that's never paid for one thing. And every hand ought to go up. We all have that someone in our lives that's never paid for one thing. I'll never forget my daddy one time at meal, family meal. He told one boy, he one told boy sitting with us, he said, are you ever gonna reach for your wallet just once? Just reach for it. I'm not gonna let you buy, but I would love to see you just reach for your wallet. Just reach for your wallet. And I said, yes, sir. check it out. Everybody listen to me. We all have that family member. Boy, they squeak. They're so tight. We all have that family member. Everybody gets together. Where y'all want to go? Y'all want to, y'all want to go to Outback? Y'all want to go to Olive Garden? I was, I was, I I was thinking to the house and get some cereals (laughs) with some 2% milk. Oh, have that family member. Y'all want to go? What what y'all want to do this weekend? Y'all want to hit me? I was, I was, I was. You with me? What God wants to do in your life is set you up for the long haul. He wants to bless you in a way that you can be generous in every occasion. Let me tell you what happened to me. A few weeks ago, I was officiating a wedding. Imagine that. (laughs) And in walked a couple from our church into the wedding venue. And it hit me. It's the first time I've ever seen them, ever, without their children. Because they're parents to special needs children. And I said, plural, special need children. And I said, where are your children? And they were speechless. They said, "We know. It's it, we don't even know how to handle ourselves. We've we haven't been alone like this and we don't know when." And I said, "Why are you at this wedding?" There's a lot of things I could be thinking about. And they said, well, we, 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 we didn't even have anything to talk about driving down here. It's just different. We, we've never been alone. And, and I, I said, listen, sign the register book. Sign it. Say hi to the bride and leave. Where are we going to go? I said, y'all going to go on a date. On a date? And about that time, I was reaching in my pocket, and I was going to give them some money to go out. A lady from this church was watching and listening. And she walked up. Pastor, put your money away. And she slid that family some cash. And she said, Pastor's right. When this wedding's over, you guys need to go spend time together. Listen to me. What God wants to do in your life is get your eyes off of you and onto someone else. If you'll get freed up. Everyone say, Free it up. Yeah. Get freed up out of that crazy world of debt. Get freed up out of that misery of always having to get some more. Get freed up to where you can set your heart on giving, not getting, you will walk into places that you can make a difference in someone else's life. This little lady in our church said, I wanna treat y'all to dinner. Man, I had my hand in my pocket, I was like, that's great, bless you in Jesus' name. Anybody else? Thank God it jumped on somebody else for a minute. Everybody needs to listen to this sermon today. You're never going to be happy in this little short span of 80, 85, 90 years. You'll be miserable if you're wanting more. You'll be miserable because when we bury you and it's going to happen, you're not going to take one thing with you. Have all you want and do all you want. Be a blessing to your family. Create legacy giving in your family. When you pass, you ought to have something to pass down to them. But the number one thing you ought to pass down is, I better see you in heaven. Yes, oh, hallelujah. Pass down this idea that you got to set your heart. Here's our next point. Everybody say, set your heart. Set your heart. The first one was giving, not getting. Second one. Set your heart on true riches. Matthew 6 says, don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile your treasures in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. The place where your treasure is is the place you'll want to be and it's the place you'll end up being. Check this out. I know, it's, I know this is strong, but listen to me. If all your treasure is only here for this earth, you're trapped to this earth. But if your treasure is in heaven, and what's going to heaven? People. It's the only thing going to heaven is People. And if you'll put all of your effort and all of your prayers and all of your time, all of your energy, all of your attention, all of your focus, all of your heart's desires into what matters most, you'll be set for life, eternal life. But if you stay trapped in this old crazy thing called greed, if the only thing that matters to you is getting one step ahead, then Accept your lot in life because that's as good as it's ever going to get. Set your heart on giving more than getting. Set your heart on treasures, true riches in heaven. And I close with this and I'll have you stand. That way it was 18 minutes. Stand. I close with this powerful point and I just need Jeff this morning. Thank you, Jeff. Listen to me. I'm not done, so stay with me. Set... Your heart on heaven. This is old-fashioned, but there's not a new way of saying it. I wish there was a new way of saying it. I'd say it. This world's not your home. Man, I wish there was a real cool, clever, contemporary way of putting it. But to all of our AO students, to all of us young couples, to all of you that are in the room, this world's not your home. And in a way, you would think, oh, why can't it be? I love this life. Enjoy your life, but this world's not your home. What I want to do is get you to shift your thinking to what matters most. This part of your life is the shortest portion. These 85 years are just a blink of the eye when it comes to eternity. You gotta set your heart on heaven. Listen how the Bible puts it in Colossians chapter three, verses one and two. Since then, since you've been raised with Christ and I'm fixing to pray for somebody and you're gonna be a part of that group that's raised with Christ. I'm fixing to pray over you. Some of you need to give your heart to Jesus and we're about to do that in just a minute. Since you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. If you want to be set for life, you need to be delivered. Set free from this miserable sickness of more. And you need to set your hearts on things above. I want you to bow your heads with me. If you're in this room today, the most poignant, important question you've ever been asked is coming right now. Are you ready to meet the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you saved? Have you given your heart to Jesus? Or is today that day? Right this very moment, if you're here this morning and you need forgiveness of your sins and you want Jesus Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior, I'm not going to ask you to come down forward. I'm literally not. I just want you to lift your hand and I want to pray specifically for you. If you need Jesus to come into your heart and save you from your sin today, lift your hand quickly. I want to pray for you. Man, look at these A.O. students. God bless you right there in the back. I see you there. Anyone else, I want to pray for you. Lift it up high where I can see you. I want to pray for you specifically. You need Jesus in your life. You need to truly bring him into your world. If you have your hand lifted up, I want you to pray this along with me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I've gotten wrapped up in the things of this life. And I need forgiveness of my sin. I believe with my whole heart that the debt of my sin could not be paid any other way than the death of Jesus Christ. And I put my faith and my confidence in the fact that Jesus died for me, and I received that payment for my sin, and I know it was good enough. And I want to be saved. But just as Colossians said, now that you're my Lord and Savior, I need you to raise me up. And I need to understand the fullness of your message. And I need to be discipled. I need my life changed. I don't want to be continually looked to be set for this world. I want to be set for eternal life. So coach me. Teach me. Lead me. I pray this in Jesus' name. And let everyone say, amen. 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 Before I dismiss you, most of you were given one of our worship guides today. Inside that worship guide is a connect card. This is pretty important right now for this sermon. If you need special prayer concerning the topic that I just preached about, I want to know about it because we have a prayer team at this church that will sincerely call out your name in prayer. If you need to be set free from this old crazy greed and life, if you need prayer for any other reason, feel free to fill it out as well. If you were somebody that had your hand lifted up and you sincerely, you personally sincerely called on the name of the Lord today, why don't you fill that out too and let me know about it. I want to celebrate with you. You could either leave these on the pew or if you'd feel better doing so for privacy reasons, there are receiving containers. There's two containers right here at the back exit. If you'll just slide them there, we'll get them from you. I want you to know how proud I am of you. Not just being here, but participating in this sermon. And I just pray that it changes your life forever. Don't live another day miserable. Live another day blessed and free. Everyone say, I receive the word of the Lord. Lord. Amen, everybody. Let's clap our hands one more time.